Well, hello and welcome to this month's CSF monthly podcast from a gloriously sunny Glasgow. Now, I don't say that very often, and when it happens, when the sun shines here, we talk about it. Anyway, as ever, the podcast is aiming to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in rheumatology. And today I'm going to focus on two papers that use data from two rheumatoid arthritis trials that are probably familiar to most of us by now. I'm going to start with a look at treatment strategy in RA, treat to target as a, a guiding principle widely accepted for the management of RA. It's been shown to improve both clinical and functional outcomes. That said, gaps in the data set remain both in the clinical trial and real world settings and with regards to treatment strategies and to optimization. Now, to help increase our knowledge and the effect of initial therapy in achieving T2T goals, in the first of today's paper, Meisler and colleagues performed a post-hoc analysis of the SELECT-COMPARE trial, evaluating the importance of treatment sequencing by assessing potential differences between starting upadacitinib or adalimumab therapy following an inadequate methotrexate response. Now, the second paper in today's podcast brings us back to data that have resulted in fundamental changes to the management of RA in the last 12 months. Using the final data set from the oral surveillance study, Valanescu and colleagues compared infections in patients with RA receiving tofacitinib compared with TNF inhibitor and sought to identify risk factors for infections in these patients. Now, many of us are already aware of the increased risk of infections in patients with RA, but results from this study may need to be considered as part of the shared decision-making that has always to occur between physicians and patients. And always, um, I'd like to remind you to, uh, to look at cytokinesignaling.com. That's where you'll find the summary slides of the papers discussed today and a treasure trove of other useful information and resource. Right, let's get into the detail. The first paper is the impact of initial therapy with upadacitinib or adalimumab on achievement of 48-week treatment goals in patients with rheumatoid arthritis. It's a post-hoc analysis of the SELECT-COMPARE trial. The background here, well, everyone I think now is aware that treatment strategy is critical in our management of our patients. The T2T, treat-to-target approach, sets a primary goal of sustained remission or at least low disease activity in a patient who cannot achieve remission and has been shown to improve clinical and functional outcomes. But for the treat-to-target approach to be successful, it's necessary to perform frequent monitoring of disease activity and appropriate modification of medications if there's not satisfactory improvement in disease activity towards the target goal. In select compare, a treat to target approach saw patients who did not respond or showed an insufficient response to initial therapy with either upadacitinib or adalimumab blindly switched to the alternative therapy without washout with clinical improvements observed at week 48. Whether there is an effect of the initial therapy on achieving treat-to-target goals has not really been examined. In other words, is it better to use one medicine over another, even contained within the strategy? And that's a pretty important question. Slight compare, uh, as you're probably now very familiar, is a phase three double-blind active comparator-controlled study with a nine-year follow-up. Patients in background methotrexate randomized two to two to one to paracetamol, 15 milligrams once daily, placebo, which by the way was not included in this analysis, or adalimumab, 40 milligrams every other week. And this study evaluates the importance of treatment sequencing in select compare. Key results then, a lower proportion of patients were rescued in the randomized upadacitinib group 
they were rescued and rescued across to adalimumab versus the randomized adalimumab group who were rescued to uparacitinib. Uh, at week 48, similar proportions of patients initially randomized to paracetamol or adalimumab uh, achieved CDI remission, LDA, or DAS28 CRP of less than 2.6 or less than or equal to 3.2, respectively. Median time to DAS28 CRP less than 2.6 or less than or equal to 3.2 occurred six to eight weeks earlier among those randomized to uparacitinib. Greater improvements in the total time spent in a lower disease state were observed for initial uparacitinib versus initial adalimumab therapy across most clinical and patient reported outcomes through 48 weeks. And generally similar results, however, were observed for hack disability index and patient's assessment of pain by week 48. Well, what do we make of this? Well, following a modified treat-to-target strategy, rates of CDI, remission low disease activity, or DAS28, um, remission low disease activity at 48 weeks were similar, regardless of starting therapy. However, over the initial 48 weeks of treatment, patients initially receiving uparacitinib reached treatment targets more quickly and spent more time within those clinical targets. Now, these uh, findings, we have to be very cautious in our interpretation, of course, they're post hoc, but they provide the first data evaluating the importance of a treatment order with jacinibs versus TNF inhibitors as the initial therapy. It's possible that a jacinib chosen first may lead to more rapid improvements in treatment outcomes following conventional synthetic DMARD failure. But we, we need to just be cautious. I don't want to overinterpret this study. Remember, in the real world, people sometimes use bridging uh, tramcinolone injections and the like. And so the rapidity of onset of benefit is always a, a marginal benefit. But the data are what they are. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they work their way through into the real world literature. Now, the second paper is uh, entitled Infections in People with Rheumatoid Arthritis Receiving Tofacitinib versus Tumor Necrosis Factor Inhibitors Results from the Open-Label Randomized Controlled Oral Surveillance Trial. Well, I think pretty much everyone is, is aware that people with rheumatoid arthritis have an increased susceptibility to infections arising actually from multiple factors, age, disease activity, comorbidities, RA treatments. Um, think of corticosteroids, for example. Oral surveillance was a post-authorization study that assessed the safety of tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitors in people with rheumatoid arthritis aged more than or equal to 50 years with more than or equal to one additional cardiovascular risk factors. Now, remember background here, regulatory authorities changed their recommendations and the use of jacinibs based on ad hoc safety analysis of oral surveillance, which reported the incidence of non-fatal and fatal serious infection events to be greater with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitors. Using the final data set from oral surveillance, this study sought to compare infections in patients with RA receiving tofa versus TNF inhibitor and to identify the risk factors for infections in these patients. So key results here, well, there's, there's quite a bit to go through, so bear with me. Across treatments, uh, the, the IRs for all infections were greater in patients aged more than or equal to 65 as opposed to 50 to less than 65 years. So we know age is an independent risk factor for infection. In both age groups, risk for all infections increased with tofacitinib, 10 milligrams more than 5 milligrams BID versus TNF inhibitor. Well, remember our approved doses for tofacitinib, 5 milligrams. Across treatments, um, IRs of uh, serious infection events, non-fatal or fatal, were greater in patients aged more than or equal to 65 versus 50 to less than 65 years. Overall, IRs were higher with tofacitinib, 
10 milligrams more than 5 milligrams versus TNF inhibitors. The number needed to harm was 238 and 83 patient years respectively for tofacitinib, 5 and 10 milligrams. So unsurprisingly, the 10 milligram group coming out uh, as more at risk, corresponding to 48 and 17 patients who would need to be treated with tofacitinib, 5 and 10 milligrams BID respectively versus TNF inhibitors over five years to have one additional event. Similar trends for IRs were observed across age groups. Now, the risk of SIEs increased with both TOFA doses versus TNF inhibitor. Risk increased with both TOFA doses versus TNF inhibitor and tofacitinib 10 milligrams versus 5 milligrams BID. Although 95% confidence intervals for hazard ratios included one for tofacitinib 5 milligrams versus TNF inhibitors overall and across age groups, and for tofacitinib 10 versus 5 BID for patients aged greater than or equal to 50 and less than 65 years. Increased risk for SIEs with tofacitinib 10 milligrams BID versus TNF inhibitors uh, were more pronounced in patients aged more than or equal to 65. The cumulative probability of a first SIE with tofacitinib 5 and 10 milligrams BID versus TNF inhibitor increased from month 18 and before month 6, respectively. For non-serious infections and non-serious infections excluding uh, herpes zoster, IRs and risk were higher with TOFA, 10, again more than 5, versus TNF inhibitor. The cumulative probability of a first uh, NSI with tofacitinib 5 milligrams and 10 milligrams versus TNF inhibitor increased before six months. And IRs of all um, herpes zoster, non-serious and serious, were greater in patients aged more than or equal to 65 versus the younger group, with IRs and risk for all HC being greater with both doses of TOFA versus TNF inhibitor, unsurprisingly. The cumulative probability of the first HC event with TOFA 5 milligrams and 10 milligrams versus TNF increased before month six. We're nearly there. Cross treatments, the most predictive risk factors for SIEs were increasing age, baseline opioid use, history of chronic lung disease, and time-dependent oral corticosteroid use. And across treatments, the most predictive risk factors for NSIs were female sex, history of chronic lung disease or infections, past smoking, time-dependent disease activity, and CRP. So that gives us the beginning of that. That's the clinical shape of the patient we need to look out for. So overall then, the results of oral surveillance showed dose-dependent increases in all infections, SIEs and NSIs with tofacitinib versus TNF inhibitors in patients aged more than or equal to 50 years with more than or equal to one additional cardiovascular risk factor. The risk for all infections in SIEs increased with both TOFA doses versus TNFI. And although an elevated risk with TOFA 10 milligrams versus 5 milligrams and TNF was most pronounced, it was particularly obvious in patients aged more than or equal to 65. The number needed to harm for TOFA 5, which is, remember, the recommended dose versus TNF inhibitor, was 238 patient years. So that means over five years, 48 patients would need to be treated with TOFA rather than a TNF inhibitor to result in one additional serious infection. This current post-doc analysis shows, therefore, a higher risk of uh, non-serious infections, herpes zoster with TOFA versus TNFI, and a higher risk of serious infections with TOFA 10 versus TNFI, particularly in patients aged more than or equal to 65 years. And I think these data inform treatment decisions for patients with RA, the higher risk of infections with TOFA versus TNF inhibitor, and risk factors identified 
for infection should, I think, be considered as part of the shared decision-making between physicians and patients. Of course, there are other factors. Do I want a medicine that I can swallow instead of inject, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's still a complex matrix, but these are really helpful data. Well, to view the publications that I've discussed and we've uploaded this month and to access other podcasts and resources, please do now go across to cytokinesignal.com. As always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. I'm always really happy to make this thing better if we can manage it. Thank <laughs> you.